Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges, and this is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're studying God's Word. We're working our way through the Gospel of John. And today, this is episode 74. We're looking at John chapter 1, verses 31 through 34. Let's read the passage. John the Baptist is speaking here. He says, I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, The one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. John has been baptizing at the Jordan River and has developed the following and has developed some notoriety. And the religious leaders in Jerusalem have sent a delegation to go and investigate, find out what's going on, who is this John the Baptist, and what is he doing, and report back to us. Now we call him John the Baptist. He is John the Baptizer, John the one who baptizes. And as we uh, spoke of earlier, baptism wasn't something that John invented but he's doing it in a new and different way. It was used as part of a religious cleansing ritual. And he is applying it to people, as he says, to prepare the way for the coming of the Messiah. This first part of John's Gospel is broken up into a week, and and that seems to be intentional to parallel the week of creation. Day one was the delegation from Jerusalem coming to him. Then in verse 29, it says, the next day. And he seems to be still interacting with his delegation from Jerusalem. Now, he's uh, continuing that discussion, and he says, I didn't know him. When you first read this, you think, that's odd. Mary, the mother of Jesus, came and visited Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, when the angel Gabriel told her that she was going to have a baby Jesus. As evidence that that was going to happen, the angel said that her relative Elizabeth was pregnant, who it was thought could not have children, but she is now pregnant. And Mary went and visited Elizabeth. And we see this amazing interaction. This is all detailed in the Gospel of Luke. When Mary arrives, John the Baptist, as a baby inside Elizabeth, leaps with joy because he was filled with the Holy Spirit. So how is it now that John the Baptist says, I didn't know him? We'll talk about that in just a minute, because he says it again in verse 33. He says, but I came baptizing with water so he might be revealed to Israel. So his purpose here, he's baptizing as people repenting of sin. We call John's baptism a baptism of repentance, but his goal isn't repentance. His goal is that the Messiah might be revealed. Then verse 32, John continues to testify. I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and he rested on him. Now this is the baptism of Jesus he's referring to. We read about this in the other Gospels, where Jesus comes to John the Baptist and says, I want you to baptize me. John the Baptist refuses initially refuses and says, no, I I shouldn't be baptizing you. You should be baptizing me. And Jesus says, no, this is the way it needs to be. And John baptizes Jesus. And when he does, 
the Holy Spirit descends like a dove. There's a voice from heaven. Here we see this image of the Trinity uh, somehow. It's hard to understand, but we see God Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit all at the same time. So the Apostle John, the author of this gospel, doesn't talk about the baptism of Jesus here. It's already happened, apparently. And John is testifying to this religious delegation about that and says, I saw the Holy Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and it rested on him. Then, verse 33, he says again, I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending on and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So, there's a contrast here. John says, I baptize with water, but this guy, he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. That's a whole other order of, uh, of something where John's saying, I'm just doing this physical thing. But this one, the one I'm telling you about, the one I'm pointing out to you, this one, he baptizes with the Holy Spirit. A whole other layer of spirituality. And how is it I know this? Because I saw the Holy Spirit descend from heaven and light on him. That was the evidence given to me. And how do I know that's what it was? Because the one who sent me told me. Uh, who sent John the Baptist? God did. God sent John the Baptist, told him, go do this baptism thing. And when you see the one whom the Holy Spirit comes from heaven like a dove and rests on, that's the one, the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. Now, to understand this, we have to understand the word know. And, and I don't mean N-O, I mean K-N-O-W. The verb, to know. We have this one word, know, and unfortunately it's used often to translate eight different Greek words. And they each have some degree of their own meaning, but often there's, there is some overlap. So we have to be careful we don't make too big of a distinction because they're used in, in multiple ways. But two big words that are often used, we looked these back when we uh, read John's first letter, 1 John. And, and that is the, the word ginosko and the word oida. The verb oida means to know is the most commonly used verb in the New Testament for to know. Then the next most commonly one is ginosko. And it also means to know. But there's some nuanced differences. Now we be careful because there is some overlap and they can be used in any other way. But ginosko refers to personal experience. It's I know something because I've encountered it. I have had personal experience, personal observation. Uh, I, I know you. You know me. And that's that word ginosko. But the word oida is more of a, a, a deep understanding. You would use that to say, okay, I understand. I get it. I see it. I I comprehend it. And, and so it's more, it's not just equivalent to not having knowledge, but it's more of an intuitive understanding, having a, a full grasp of things. So when John's back in verse 10 said, the world didn't know him, he used the word ginosko, 
the world had not had a personal encounter with him or did not know him at that level as knowing who he is. But then he uses the word oida here in uh, verse 26. He says, you don't know him. And then verse 31 and 33 says, I didn't know him. He's not saying, I never had an encounter with this guy before. What he's saying is, I didn't understand him. I didn't have full comprehension of him. We don't really know what the relationship was between John the Baptist and Jesus, whether after that encounter of Mary and Elizabeth, when they're both cooking in the oven, so to speak, um, whether there was ever any other uh, encounter between the two. Perhaps John the Baptist was off living his solitary lifestyle, uh, living uh, in the wilderness, eating locusts. We don't know. Maybe they did have actual encounters, but what John's saying here is, I didn't understand him. I didn't comprehend fully until God's the one who revealed to me that this would happen, and that's the signification that he's the one. When we take the different Gospels and put them together, we call that harmonization. And, and several people have written some really good harmonies of the Gospel where they have all four of them in four columns and, and make them all fit together. And we want to do that, but we got to be careful we don't allow that to override the actual meaning that the individual gospel is trying to bring. Here, John is bringing a message, the testimony of John the Baptist, where John the Baptist is, is basically speaking in, of spiritual issues. He's not saying, I never had an encounter with this guy before, never seen him before, I have no idea who he is. You know, we got to believe his mother talked to him and said, hey, your relative Jesus, born to Mary, is the Messiah, the one sent by God. And John may have had that little nugget of uh, truth tucked away in his brain somewhere, but he didn't fully comprehend it until God revealed that to him. God said to him, go and baptize, and when this guy comes for you to be baptized and the Holy Spirit rests on him, he is the one. And until that happened, John didn't fully comprehend. So when John says, I didn't know him, be, be careful we, how, how we take that. I, you know, I think he's just basically saying, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it until God revealed these things to me. And then when the Holy Spirit came down from heaven, I got it. And then he finishes up in Verse 34, I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. Now, that was always understood to be the, the proper language here, Son of God. Some other ancient Greek texts have the Chosen One of God here. And as of the last few years, a lot of scholars are saying, maybe that's the better fit. doesn't really change the overall meaning. But uh, the whole point here is John saying, I know he's the one. So there's four confessions that John makes here over the last few verses. In, in verse 29, his confession is, this is the Lamb of God who takes away the world. And in verse 30, he says, and he's able to do this because he is the pre-existent one. He is God. Then in uh, verse 33, he's saying that you know, he's the living reality. He's the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. So he's able to do this. And then the fourth one in verse 34 says, And I have seen and testified this is the Son of God. So John the Baptist, through all this, he is 
minimizing himself. He's elevating who Jesus is because it is all about Jesus. He is the one sent from God to provide salvation. And John the Baptist is saying, that's the big deal you need to take away from this. I am just the messenger. I am just a voice. And that's a challenge for us. Will we, will we make much about Jesus and point people to him? Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working our way through the Gospel of John.